Hey there, welcome to the Podcast Manager Show. I'm excited that you are here today because I am interviewing Holly Haynes on creating business boundaries so that you and your business can thrive. And I know this is a super popular topic, boundaries, one that I always hear from you guys, like we want more content around boundaries because being a business owner, something maybe that we've never been before, it requires us to really build new habits and boundaries so that we can build businesses that we enjoy running. Holly runs a strategic coaching business, has a podcast called Crush the Rush, and teaches the method Crush the Rush to business owners so that they can take back control of their time. Holly shares some really great tips and mindset shifts that we can take to build boundaries around our business and around our time so that we can thrive. All right, without further ado, let's go chat with Holly. Hey there. I'm Lauren, and you're listening to The Podcast Manager Show, a podcast for podcast managers. Each week, we cover the technical and tactical aspects of running a profitable podcast manager business. With over 90,000 new shows starting each month, podcast managers are in demand. I mean, in demand. And I'm here to help you land your dream clients while reaching your monthly income goals without working like crazy. Are you ready? Let's get to today's episode. Holly, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Yes, we are going to talk about boundaries and, you know, keeping our businesses in the little box that we want them to be in. And this is one of my favorite topics. So I'm really excited to hear your expertise on this subject. Yeah, I I love podcasting. I love setting boundaries. It's how I built my entire business. Um, So this should be a fun conversation. Yeah. So can we start off with just hearing from you on how you got started working online? Yeah, that is such a good question. I always say it's kind of accidental, which I think people want to hear this like magical story. (laughs) It's kind (laughs) of not. Um, But I have a 22-year corporate strategy background. So I was doing corporate consulting, sort of worked my way up the corporate ladder, did all the things, got my master's degree, like 100 certificates that nobody knows what they are. Um, And I sort of found myself at the level that I thought that I wanted to get at, like I had the the team, the office, like all the things. And I was like, this does not feel the way I thought it would feel. Like Mm. it just wasn't in alignment. And I remember at the time I had twins who were really young and I was just like really burnt out. And I was like, I just don't know if I can do this for like 20 more years. Right. Like at the time I was like, I don't, I don't know what this means, but I just know that this is like, if I want to have like a joyful life, like this is not it. Like this is not the path. And so I sort of just like took a minute to listen to my intuition. And I actually did things way backwards. And I hired a coach first. So before I had a business, and I said, I'm going to give myself a one year challenge. I'm an Enneagram three and project manager, program management, like I am like, give me the give me the things and I'm going to do it. (laughs) Um, So I hired a coach before I had a business. And I said, I'm going to do everything you tell me, just tell me what to do. And long story short, we actually launched the podcast, the Crush the Rush podcast first. That was our first step of how we got online. So it wasn't even like a website or anything. It was like, you know what? I, I, I like to talk. I like to interview people. That's like my experience in my corporate job. I'm going to start a podcast and see where it goes. 
And so that's kind of where we started. And I also started, so there are two things, starting the podcast, but I also started with what I call a signature method, which is like what you're known for. So before I did anything, I sat down and I was like, okay, if my like ideal client comes to me, what are the three or four things that I'm going to offer them or do for them or whatever the thing is? And I still use that method to this day when I create courses or services or whatever that looks like. Um, So those two things combined are sort of how we got started. Yeah. Well, we love to hear that you got started with a podcast. That's (laughs) right. That's awesome. (laughs) Were you a big podcast listener before that? I I was. Yeah. And I think it's because I was working full time and podcasts for me are just super tangible, right? Like you're in your car, you can listen to them on a go. I can do it while I'm cleaning my house. I can do it while I'm getting ready in the morning. Um, It's just, I love books also. But for me, like podcasts are just I pick the topic I go and like to this day, 90% of my clients come from podcasts because they say like attract attracts like. And so it's just an easy platform, I think, for people to get to know you. Totally. And like you hear me talk, I'm a real person, right? Like it's not this like scripted thing. And um, it was super, super powerful to use that as the very first step. And as you know, with podcasting, it's a, I don't want to say a slow roll because some people come out of the gate and are like, you know, just crush it at first. But for me, like I didn't have an audience. So it's been a very like slow roll. But we're two and a half years in and we've been in the top 100 of entrepreneurship, which is a super tough category. Yeah. Over the last, you know, year and a half. So yeah, well, congrats on that. Because you're right. It is. For 99% of the people, it is a slow roll, get, you know, getting started. And, but that's also kind of a cool experience when you're starting your business with a podcast because you then get to like learn on the go. Like, what are people resonating with? Yeah. Because you're getting comfortable. So much data. Yes. Yeah. Totally. That was the best part because I always say facts over feelings. And I could look at the data and I could be like, oh, everyone really loved the time blocking episode and the mindset episode. I love teaching strategy, but those are not the most popular episodes. Like Mm -hmm. I will put them in there because I want people to know it. But I can I can tell like what the hot topics are and what people want to learn and know and like who the most popular guests are. Like there's so much data that you can Mm -hmm. then use to build more products and services that will actually sell. Yeah, yeah. And and so now what are you, you, you mentioned the method. So can you explain to us a little bit about what the method is and maybe even like how it's evolved over time? Yeah, so I call it creating your signature method. And the whole concept around creating a signature method is that you have like a backbone that when somebody asks you what you do or how you do it or what do you teach or how do you serve your clients, right? So if you're running a a podcast agency, like how do you serve your clients? There's probably three or four things that you do that are like really stand out and make you different. So for me, I had four steps, right? So I really like to focus on mindset. At the beginning, it was morning routine. I have since switched it. So you can like grow with your method as your business grows. Yeah. Um, Super simple strategy, right? So I teach like you have to take care of yourself first, mostly because a lot of my clients work full time or want to work very short hours, right? So I talk about like managing life seasons, That's step number one. Step number two is simple strategy, right? So I always say when you combine mindset and strategy, it's like an amazing formula, but strategy can get super complicated. So I try to like 
keep it super simple. So again, you're not spending hours on it, but you've got a plan, you have a roadmap, you know where you're going. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we layer on systems and scalable offers. So not only do I show you how to create the roadmap, but then I'm going to teach you how to implement systems and scalable offers in a way that works for you and your schedule. And then I just said facts, not feelings, but I always talk about data because I feel like data will show you what's working and what's not. And the worst thing that you could do in your business is have this like amazing strategy that you mapped out. But if it's not working and you don't change, you're not going to get the results um, that you want to get. So it's sort of this like the circle. And that's what I called the crush the rush method. And the cool part is, is pretty much every single podcast, interview, course, mastermind, whatever the thing is, all sort of centers around those four things. Mm-hmm. Very rarely do I go outside of those containers because that's what I'm known for. So as a podcast manager, you could say, you know what, I'm known for really helping you map out how to launch your podcast, or I'm known for um, amazing graphics, right? Or maybe you have like a four-step process of like, we map out how to launch your podcast. We get all the marketing materials together for you. We help you set up um, SEO and all the things on your website so people can find your podcast. And then we help you get amazing guests. So you could like map out, like, how do you work with your, I always call it your unicorn client. Like what are the three or four steps that you're going to do for this like perfect unicorn client? And then when people ask you what you do, you can just go back to those steps and be like, well, you know, this is, this is what I do. Or if you're searching for content, right. Of how to share what you do on social media, go back to your signature method and say, you know, these are the four things that I'm known for. You could take one of those steps. Like maybe you're amazing at helping people launch podcasts. You could take that step and you could break it into like a hundred different content topics, but Mm -hmm. people are going to know that that's what you're known for. And it gives you something to talk about. It's like, oh, I'm Holly and I created the crush the rush method. It immediately, people are like, well, what's that? Right. Just the naming of it in general, like just adds another level of, you know, professionalism and interest of other, you know, other people are like, oh, okay, what's that? It's good enough that it has its own name. (laughs) Yeah, it creates this like, authority right away, right? Like kind of like a degree does or a certification. Mm-hmm. And then it sort of also creates this like trustworthiness factor because mm, totally they know that you're going to deliver these things because you talk about it so much. Um, and, you know, it's probably written on your website or your however you work with your clients. So that's kind of where it came from. It's always my favorite step in any business model. Even if you have a product, it still works. Like what, what does your product do? What does your service do? What does your agency do? And then that helps you like as a podcasting agency, I follow the XYZ method or process, or you can call it whatever you want. And people are going to be like, Oh, well, I want that. Like, I want to know how that works. And it just creates like a conversation piece. Yeah. And I, I think people want to be like taken care of. You know, it's like, you know, it's like when you get on a Zoom call, it's like, who's going to go first? Who's who's taking the reins of this of this call? Right. And so I think a lot of us just as humans, it's like, okay, do I have to be in charge? Are you going to be in charge? And so when you hire a podcast manager or podcast agency, it's like, okay, if I'm hiring you, and I'm, you know, and I'm paying you, obviously, I want you to take the reins, like walk me through your proven process. And so when you Yeah, I, I totally get what you're saying. There's this authority to having a process in place and in even giving it a name and Mm -hmm. calling it out. 
Yeah. And the number one question I always get, and you probably get the same question is like, how do I find clients? And so my response is, well, what is your signature method? And even if you don't name it, right, or you don't share it publicly, there's still four content pillars right there, right? So it's mindset, strategy, system, scalable offer, measurable results. I can break down one of those and have, like I said, 100 different topics on systems and scalable offers and talk about it for two months, right? Mm -hmm, Teaching mm -hmm. people what that means. How do they do it? So if you're a podcast manager, it's like, how do I launch a podcast? Well, what, um, what microphone do you need? How do you, where do you record? Like, what if I don't have a recording studio? Like you can break those down. Mm -hmm. And so it's automatically creating that content. And I always say content equals trust and then trust equals sales. So it gives you a, a, like a base, like a home base of like, if you're stuck, what's your method? What would you teach an, an ideal client that came to you as like, help me? And then how do you share that? Yeah. Now, you mentioned that uh, you mentioned mindset. So I'd love to start there with helping people to work less hours and even just like mentally work on their business less time. What are some of the mindset things that you see that pop up around creating boundaries in your business? Uh, Well, there's two things. One, I will say people, including myself, boundaries are hard. Like it is not easy. (laughs) It is is probably the most important thing that you could do. And it's so hard. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I always say like, if you don't take care of yourself first, no one else will. And the better you feel, the quicker you're going to get to your goal. So if you're like, you know, working all day, and then you've got you know, multiple kids like I do, and you're trying to launch this business, and you're going to work six hours at night, right? The next day, you're going to feel like total crap. And you're gonna be like, Oh, my gosh, like, I don't have time to do anything. I'm so exhausted. And then you're not going to do anything for like, two or three days. And so I always teach, how can you take care of yourself first, put yourself first, it goes against like any business book, you'll probably ever read, but like, you have to Do that first so that you have the energy to continue on and basically do, you know, 12 things at one time. And then make sure that you're looking into seasons. And so we can go back to the launching a podcast example. So, you know, at the beginning, when you're thinking about launching a podcast or you're working towards like your first episode is going to air in a month, right? Like it's super exciting. It's fun. It's not stressful. So it's probably like a season where you're going to be focusing on other things as well. But then when you get closer to that launch or maybe a client deadline, the season shifts, right? And you start to get into like a little bit of a busier season, the deadline's looming. Maybe you're having to put more time focusing on it. Mm -hmm. So then other things have to shift so that you're able to focus on that. And so I always say, if you're in a season of, you know, launching something or a big deadline, Make sure that you have a season after that where it's just more low key, right? Or Mm -hmm. you're you're switching your priorities because if you're Mm -hmm. in this like push mode all the time, you're never going to have a chance to recover. Like it's just like if you were an athlete, right? Like you're training, training, training for the Olympics. I'm guessing the week before the Olympics, like there's nothing else that really matters. But afterwards, you're in a different season where you're sort of in recovery and you're giving yourself like a minute um, to just take a breath. And so I like to just think about the seasons that you're in, Mm -hmm. whether it be different things going on with your family or holidays or whatever's coming up. And then looking at your business schedule and figuring out like, 
is this the right season to do this? Like, do I have enough time to take care of myself and make sure that my energy levels are what they need to be? Or maybe does it make sense to move this other thing out because my kids are starting school or whatever is happening at the time? Yeah. And what's coming to mind right now for me is that um, there's a there's a huge big busy season in podcasting around January first. Lots of people want to launch podcast around January first, but what that means for the podcaster and for the podcast manager is that you're working in December for sure. Like you're working mm-hmm. heavily in December, and December for most of us is like the craziest month of the year because yeah. of Christmas and holidays and all of that. So. I think what what I'm hearing you say is like, we could even just make the decision of how many launch clients do I want to take on Mm -hmm. during this busy season? What other things in my life can I remove so I can be present for any holiday stuff I want to be present for, but also, you know, kind of capitalize on the opportunity, the business opportunity that is there. And then maybe even after a couple of years of being a podcast manager, you decide, I'm not doing any launches on January 1st. Like you can say Mm -hmm. no to that opportunity because you're like, I've done it. I've gotten great experience and now I don't need to do it and I don't want to do it because it is a busy, busy time. Yeah, that's such an interesting example. One of the things that I love to do is I have this calendar. I think it's from Amazon. It's not fancy. It's, It's like the whole year, right? So it shows 12 months. It's on my wall. And I have these post-it notes. If you buy the like one by two, this is like me getting super fancy with office supplies, but super (laughs) fun. I promise you there's a point. There are post-it notes that fit in the squares of the calendar. And so I will, I actually just did this. I do it every quarter. I will look at the whole calendar for the year and I will put all of our family goals first, like with a pink post-it note, let's say. And then, so every day I can look at the weeks and I can be like, oh, here's Christmas here. We're taking a vacation here. The kids have school. Like I, so I can see like all the goals and then I will layer in the launches or client work after that. So I flip it. I don't plan the business first. Then I know exactly like, okay, I can take on three more clients this quarter, or we're going to do a launch during this time. um, Or we have to do it this week because we're leaving on vacation the week after. Um, And so it just, I think your clients actually appreciate it more because you're setting boundaries for them as well. And it's like, hey, I'm happy to do all these things for you, but it needs to happen in this timeframe so that I'm able to deliver the best results. Yeah. And, you know, if we think about our business as a long term thing, right? When you're starting, sometimes you're just like, you just are like thinking month to month, right? You're like, you're starting a business, your, your, your mindset is not like two years down the road or anything. That probably sounds crazy, right? You don't even not there yet. But when we think about like having a business for the long term, we've got it, we've got to think about taking care of ourselves and how much we can really take on, you know, like you said, like with with the whole calendar of the year. So yeah, that I, I really like that. I personally and am not good at that at all. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's where you can just really get caught up and I'm never going to get out of the weeds, right? Because mm-hmm. you need to have that like, roadmap of like where you want to go first. And then like, if you're like, okay, my goal was three clients and I'm feeling good about things. Like life is good. I can probably, I can take on two more. Like you can change it, but at least you know, like, Hey, okay. My goal is like, if this, if I want this to happen and I want to take two weeks off at Christmas, then I've got to do step back and do things now that are going to help, you know, 
bring me a season of rest and restoration and whatever that might look like for you. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Hey there. I wanted to interrupt this episode with a quick message for you. If you are listening to this show, then you are either wanting to become a podcast manager or currently a podcast manager. And I wanted to invite you to my free masterclass where I show you how to become a profitable podcast manager without working more than 20 hours per week. So in this masterclass, I break down what it would look like for you to be making three to 5K per month working as a podcast manager without working more than 20 hours a week. Not only do I break that down, but I also talk about the three myths that I used to believe that was keeping me away from being a profitable podcast manager and that you might be believing as well. That and I share all the details about my podcast manager program. So if you're interested in learning more, learning the three myths that might be keeping you away from becoming a profitable podcast manager, or you just want to see what does it take to be a profitable podcast manager, then grab a seat to my masterclass. I would love to see you there. Just head to laurenwrighton.com forward slash masterclass and it'll show the next available time. Okay, awesome. That is it. Go sign up for the masterclass. I cannot wait to see you there. Let's get back to the episode. Right. So then if we want to, let's say, take off two weeks around Christmas or something like that, how do we use some strategy to really build that out months in advance. You know, like this this episode's going to go live in October. So how can we it's October. How can we get ready for a season where like okay, we can focus on our business for a couple more months and then we're going to take a break. How can we strategically get ready for that? Yeah, I mean there's a couple of things that I would do. One is the example I just gave you. So I actually have on my calendar at the end of every month, it's like Friday morning, the last Friday of every month and it's like review quarterly schedule. Mm-hmm. And I literally sit in front of my calendar and I look at like all the dates and things that are going on and map it out. So that that's actually the first step that I would take. But the second step that I would take is much more um, probably strategic. And it's really coming up with your income plan, right? Because we're all in business to make money at some point. Yeah, for sure. And so I like to look at my offers, right? So you might have different offers depending on what level of support you have and the number of clients that are currently in those offers and say, okay, like here's my monthly projected monthly income for the next three months, let's say, is it where it needs to be? Mm -hmm. And if it's not, then the question is, okay, well, what can I do about it? Sometimes it's just like, okay, well, I really need to focus on getting more clients. But other times I call it secret menus. It might be going behind the scenes and talking to your current clients. So I, this is like a a business strategy tip of the 80-20 rule. It's like my favorite rule, but the majority of your income, so 80% of your income probably comes from 20% of your clients, right? Mm -hmm. So you've got like the superstar clients, right? So it's like, how can you serve them better? Maybe you're working on a podcast for them and the podcast is doing amazing. They're super happy with you and you can add on some additional services, or maybe you could ask them to extend their contract or whatever that might look like. Um, So it's not always like, launching something new, right? It might be looking sort of behind the scenes at how you can serve your current clients. But when you combine, okay, here's my schedule, here's what I want to do. And then here's where my income's at. And I can like visually see, oh, I, you know, I probably need one or two more clients. 
does that make sense? And how am I going to do that? When you combine both of those together, especially as you go into year end, you're going to have such a head start because you're not going to get to like December 20th and be like, oh my gosh, you know, the end of the year is two weeks away and I still need four more clients. Like you can get a head start on it now. And I mean, the other thing I would say that I'm just seeing in the environment is I think they, I've heard it said like September is the new January, right? Yeah. So yeah. if you're worried about asking people, let's say in October or November to think about the new year, like they're already there. Like people right. are already there. I mean, Halloween was like out in July, right? Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's like people are going to appreciate that you're thinking ahead. And I also think from a business standpoint, if you're sharing like, hey, you know, I'm I'm going to take some time off. I'm going to take a vacation. They're going to appreciate that as well. Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, people want to work with people who also have visions and dreams and goals. And so when they see you doing that, they're going to be like, okay, like, of course, I want to work with her and mm -hmm. make sure she gets to take her vacation. Right. Um, I think that's super powerful. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a good point. Like with our podcast launch example that, you know, you don't have to be working at the very end of December. You can mm -mm. plan it so that you can launch a podcast on January 1st and not be, you know, <laughs> working on Christmas Eve or something crazy like that. Like that's, that's not the only option. Yeah. I even say like, cause I have a, a mastermind and then I have someone on one clients and there are boundaries that I set in terms of communicating. Right. So we have I don't know if you offer like boxer support or email support or any sort of support where you're like communicating with your clients. I answer it. Well, in our contract, it says I'll answer it in 48 hours, but I answer it typically one time a day, right? So I will go in and I will answer all of my clients' messages one time a day. Because if I'm like constantly answering messages all the time, then I feel like that's my time. Like it's gone. Like I'm not going to be able to edit podcast episodes or update graphics or whatever the thing is. Um, I also set deadlines and my podcast team does this as well of when things need to be due. Now, it doesn't mean that there's like not last minute things that happen or things that change, but it doesn't have to be a last minute scramble all the time. For sure. Right? Yeah. Um, and so I think setting those boundaries and it feels like awkward and weird at first because, I mean, we all want to serve like the best that we can, right? And we all love positive feedback, but the boundaries help, like they help me as well. Mm -hmm. So if my mm -hmm. podcast manager is like, you know what, we need the episodes a week before. Well, that helps me. I mean, it takes a minute to like get ahead, but it doesn't mm -hmm. have to be, you know, midnight the night before. Yeah. So just setting those boundaries of like when you communicate and when you need things by is super helpful as well. Yeah. And I think, you know, if we're all coming from different fields when we come into the online business space and no one's telling you like, hey, you have to get back to your clients in 24 hours or you have to get back to them in 48 hours. It's like the wild, wild west of like, well, what is expected of me? And so I think sometimes we as freelancers and podcast managers, we come into this thinking, what's expected of me when really we're the ones that set the expectations because it's our businesses. So we right. can say... I'll get back to you in, in 36 hours and or 48 hours or whatever, not even, mm -hmm. not even 24, right? And it's, most of the time I do it more frequently, but it's there. Like I know, like, right. okay, this is my standard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like you said, doing it like batch working so that you're not just like always doing everything. <laughs> you're mm -hmm. not, you know, context switching all of the time. Um, yeah, that's, that does a lot for like your, your brain space. Do you have any other tips around that of like, how we can, how we can 
make it so that we're not always thinking about our business? Yeah. So when I started my business, I was still working full time. And I only had about eight to 10 hours a week to work, which you think about like launching a business and wanting to retire on your business salary and only having, you know, 10 hours a week, like it it seems kind of crazy. So there are two things that I did. One is I set very specific business hours. And this goes back to if you set deadlines with your clients and they work, and they stick to them, then you're able to set business hours that work around your schedule. So maybe you're only editing podcasts on certain days a week during certain times, but you know, going into the week that that's when you're going to do that. For me personally, I can't do any business activity, like at least an hour before I go to bed, like I have to shut it down or my brain just like short circuits. And it's like, Oh, you need to do these 12 things. Yeah. Um, So I try to set boundaries where I'm doing those tasks during the day or in the morning, or when I was working full time, it was at least giving myself some time to unwind. So I would do the task and then take a little bit of a break. Um, I also implemented what I call theme days. So theme days are each day has uh, a theme and it's super easy to remember. So if you're like feeling anxious about all the things that you have to do, you could wake up and be like, okay, Monday is content day. I'm writing content for my business today. Tuesday is um, editing day. And you might have more editing days, right? As a podcast manager. So maybe Tuesdays and Thursdays are editing days. So all you're doing on that day is editing podcasts. And then maybe you have like another day where you're doing like client reach out or whatever that looks like. But basically, it's the same thing every Mm -hmm. single week on the same day. So you know, like when you wake up on Tuesday morning, oh my gosh, it's editing day. I'm going to edit all day. I'm going to go to a super fun coffee shop. I don't want to talk to anybody. Like I'm just going (laughs) to, this is what I'm doing. Where for me on Wednesdays is podcast days. So I know that like I'm not doing a ton online. I'm not um, creating anything because for me, talking takes a lot of energy. And so I just know that Wednesdays are podcast days. I'm like up early. I'm doing my morning routine. I'm like fired up to, to talk. And that's all we do on Wednesdays. So it just makes... It saves time because you're not, again, context switching between tasks. But like from a just... I don't know, sanity standpoint, it just it helps so much because you're like, yep, today's content day, today's recording day. And it's just it's easy. And I think the strategies that work the best are the ones that are super simple. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mentioned earlier that I struggle with like, I just think that I can get way more done in a certain time frame than and I want to get more done. It just fuels me. But I agree with like having theme days has helped me a lot or not necessarily themes. I haven't implemented that. I really like that tip, but like knowing exactly when I'm going to work because Mm -hmm. I'll look at my week and think, oh, surely I can get these 10 things done. But then when you know exactly when you're going to work, like, okay, I'm going to work two hours here, two hours here, two hours here, then you can actually see, oh, I'm not going to get all of this done. I'm going to only get like these four things done. And then you're not like at the end of the week thinking, oh my gosh, I didn't get all the stuff done I wanted to get done when really it was never realistic in the first place. Yeah, I that's like one of my favorite tips. Like the night before I go to bed, actually I do it at like the end of the workday. So like four or five o'clock, I will map out my day the next day. And it's down to like, what time am I going to get up? What am I doing when I wake up? When am I working? I always work in two breaks because it's not like I usually take the two breaks, but something will happen. Something will change. It gives Mm -hmm. you like a white space to adjust. 
Um, but I map out the entire day and you will very quickly see like, oh, there's no way that I'm going to get 15 things done, right? Like I'm going to get three or two or whatever that looks like. So you're going into the day without the overwhelm of like, my list is so long. Mm -hmm. Um, If you get things done faster, of course, then you can get to the other things. But it just helps so much to know like, okay, this is what time I'm doing this. Again, it can change. Um, Especially I think when you're doing tasks like editing or client reach out or things like that. And you can start to set some boundaries around the time that you're doing that. Because if it ends up taking you more time, then Maybe you need to charge more or maybe you need less clients. And it just helps you manage where your time is going. And I think also like helping you decide what to to charge and and what your prices are. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So you mentioned earlier about, you know, taking care of yourself first. So, you know, in our business goes in seasons of like, we're starting it and, you know, maybe we're we're working full time. We only have eight hours to work our podcast management business a week. And then, you know, maybe we leave our job or we're a teacher and we're on summer break or whatever, we've got more time now to work on our business. How do you focus on yourself when you have less time and then move into a season where you're like, oh, great, now I can focus on myself a little bit more because I have a little bit more time. So like, how do you you do that no matter how busy you are with a season, with different seasons? Yeah, I mean, I always at a minimum give myself personal, which means not with anyone else, an hour a day. Mm. Even in a busy season, because I actually find I had a coach tell me that busy seasons are like your Olympics, right? So going back to that Olympic example. So, you know, an athlete's not going to like skip their training or skip their meditation or skip their like healthy smoothie when they're in the thick of it, right? Like that's probably when it's most important. And I Mm -hmm. think a lot of times when we are in a busy season, that's the first thing that goes. And it's probably the most important. So that's my like sort of minimum goal. And, you know, sometimes if it's only an hour, it's like, okay, well, maybe it's a 15 minute workout and it's a five minute meditation. And then I'm reading for 10 minutes. Like it goes fast. It's not like a crazy thing in seasons where I have more time. I'm just adding to that. Right. So I mentioned, like, I try to schedule two breaks a day in a busy season. Those probably don't happen because something comes up, but in a slower season, it's like, okay, well, I'm going to go for a walk or I'm going to, um, treat myself and like go to the spa or I mean, it could be like more extravagant Um, or maybe I'm going to just like go somewhere new. Like we have a, this summer and going into the fall, we've had what we call freedom Fridays because I just um, in January retired from my corporate job. And so the whole goal is to like get out of the house, (laughs) like to go do something that's not in our house. And so to me, that's also sort of a form of self-care because it's not work. And it's sort of like refueling you and giving you like some some creative inspiration. So yeah. my minimum is an hour, but I try a non-busy season to have more than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's helpful. And I, I love that you're saying like you tap into kind of like maybe why you're doing this in the first place, which is like mm-hmm. freedom, you know, so then you go to a coffee shop or you get outside of the house to work and even taking like a 20 minute walk, like you really get to experience the fact that you aren't working in a corporate job anymore. So you're not just like creating this new job in your own house that feels very similar to what you used to do, right? Exactly, yeah. Okay, so those of us are listening, we all, we work in different hours. Like maybe some people are working at night, some people are working early mornings, you know, obviously during the day some. Um, But let's just say that we are working, we've decided that our evenings are like, we're not gonna be working. So it's, you know, five o'clock, 
and we're going to have family time or we're going to do whatever we, we do at that hour. How can we really like mentally unplug? Do you have any tips around that? Yeah. So I think consuming less is the number one tip that I would give. And I think it's a, from a business perspective or a personal perspective, because I feel like when you consume more and so you might, you might be like, here's an example. I've worked all day. Like I just want to scroll Instagram. Like I love, um, all these like flower farms in Northwest, um, the United States, like I'm obsessed with them. Right. So I'm like, Oh, I'm just, I just want to look at the flowers. I just want to like, see what they're doing, but you're still <laughs> consuming, right? Like you're mm-hmm. scrolling, your eyes are focused on the screen. And so I always say that you need to pour into yourself more than you're consuming. Right. So create more than you're consuming. Mm. Um, And so if you're thinking about it, like, okay, so maybe I'm just scrolling for fun. Like you're still scrolling. You're Mm -hmm. still online. Your your brain is still thinking, right? And you might be triggered by something else. Like, oh, she, the flower lady used this great music on a reel. So now I need to do that. And like, you just go down the path. Totally. So in terms of, you know, how do I like turn my brain off? I mean, it's not always possible, but I do try at least an hour before bed. I will put my phone like just out of like, it's not around. I take my Apple watch off. So I'm not getting like dings and notifications. Like mm-hmm. there's nothing that is happening. I'm not a big reader at night. I've been trying, but it's like, we try to watch like a show or something. And then it's like all the distractions are set aside. So that's like my number one tip. And then, you know, I think your nightly routine is probably more important than your morning routine. So for me, going back to that example of, you know, at five o'clock, I already know what the next day is going to bring. So I'm not Mm -hmm. stressing at 10 o'clock at night, like, Oh, my God, what do I have to do tomorrow? I already know that. Or like, if we have an activity or something at night with kids or whatever, before we even leave the house. So again, at like three or four o'clock, I know what the next day is going to bring so that I can like mentally prepare well before I'm going to bed, which sort of helps with the going to sleep faster and not thinking about work all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know, like, okay, if I have this like important meeting at 9am, okay, well, I have 30 minutes before that to get Mm -hmm. ready for it. And so Mm -hmm. I don't have to get ready for it right now. Yeah, exactly. That's a perfect example. Because I always like to research like podcast guests and things like that before podcast day, right? Podcast Mm -hmm. days are always on Wednesdays. So if I don't do that on Tuesdays, I'll start to stress about it, right? Like it'll start and I'll think about it when I go to bed. But if I plan ahead and I'm like, oh, well, my first podcast is interview isn't until 10. So I can get the girls on the bus and then I can look at it done. Like then I'm not stressed about it. I'm not thinking about it, but it's because I planned the day before of what was coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the like big takeaways I'm getting from all of this is just like when you let a task, big or small, when you don't like put it somewhere into like a certain time frame, it just, it can just, take up a lot of your brain space. Mm-hmm. So like when you when you have a plan, it really allows you to like relax and be present in the moment, knowing like I'll take care of that. I have a specific time when I'm going to take care of that. So I don't have to take care of it now. Yeah. And I think what you said, like don't underestimate the power that is taking your brain to get through certain tasks. Like I would say podcast editing is something I'm horrible at. That would take me a ton of brain power. So if I did two or three episodes in a row, I would just be like, Oh my gosh, I can't do anything else today. So don't plan that and like five other things on the same day, because you're just going to be like, just done, like you're just gonna be mentally done. So on the days when you have like, 
big things or things that just take more energy, like try to spread out some of the other things so that you're in alignment with like the energy and the capacity that you have the rest of the day. Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. Well, Holly, this has been so amazing. I know people are going to love it, love this because I've gotten great feedback on boundaries and stuff before. So I know that they're going to love this. Um, But how can we connect with you after the episode? Yeah, so you can go to hollymariehaines.com forward slash CEO week. And I actually teach you, it's it's totally free. It's a five-day challenge. And every single day I teach you how to set the boundaries, how to create theme days. It's super flexible. So we you could totally do it um, as, you know, as a podcast manager or somebody that has an agency. Mm-hmm. I actually go in and answer the comments every day. So if you have questions about what theme days or what boundaries work for you, I, I'm there. I'm in there answering them. Um, and it's my it's my favorite challenge. It's basically how um, I have been able to to build my business. And it's a super fun way uh, to connect. Awesome. Well, we'll put that in the show notes so that people can join. And I just want to say thanks again for being here and sharing, sharing your expertise on this. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. Come connect with me over on Instagram at Lauren Wrighton or in the Podcast Manager Mastermind Facebook group. And let me know what you liked about this episode. I love, love, love hearing your guys' feedback and what is resonating with you. You can always find the links and resources mentioned in the show over at laurenwrighton.com. Special thanks to my amazing podcast manager, Marcy Page, on producing this episode. All right, that's it. Until next time, I'll be cheering you on.